0: Hey, Oz, you ready? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. Let's All do right. this. All right. Let's do this, man. I just want to tell you something very quick, okay? We had our first preseason practice with the U10 girls. Oh, cool. How'd it go? It went well. It went well. We were totally 22 girls.
1: It's good once, like, uh, at the beginning, you have everyone there, right? So it's a full squad. You can.
0: It's one of the few chances yeah. I assume where you get to work with everybody or see everybody. See everybody and kind of get to know some of the girls when new. So kind of see mm-hmm. how they are and what team they should be a part, you know. And, you know, I, I kind of had a speech with them and their parents and um, I was honest with them and I want to be honest with you too when okay. I sit here why I actually started to coach. And the reason, like I think in the core reason why I started to coach you 10 girls is not because that I just love the game so much, mm-hmm. but I really, really wished that I had someone that coached me with the same knowledge and experience that I do, the same enthusiasm, the same beliefs or the same knowledge of the game and kind of like give that to the girls or to the players. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I had really good coaches. We had four and five uh, coaches when I started to practice this soccer. They all were the parents of players, ah. but they were men. You know, they they knew the game, they knew the how to coaching, they knew everything. Okay. However, they were not really like. Super encouraging in one way. They weren't. They weren't. Okay. You know, they they were leaders. They were leaders. You know, they were leaders that you came to practice, they did practices good, they kept the entire group really good. You know, we're still friends with a lot of players from that team. All right. But for me, now is that I really, really want to give them what I know.
1: Or sir, you want to be someone to these girls that can really let's say school them on how to treat soccer like the knowledge of soccer not just you know as good as those other coaches were that you had not just a leader in general but like is that that yeah yeah
0: exactly more like almost like a really really good friend but Mm. they can actually tell them when it's you know, when they've done something wrong to get be that brutal or honest with them, okay. but someone that encourages them, that lets them do errors, that gives them the chance to find their own role, what they're good at, kind of look at that and build, build it so they fell in love and have more fun in the practices. And uh, I'm not a soccer coach in Sweden now. I'm not a soccer coach in Europe now. And I'm a soccer coach in the United States of America. And one thing I'm not going to fall into, mm-hmm. you know what that is? I'm not going to play any soccer politics with parents or anything else. I'm not going to let anybody sabotage oh, what I want to achieve for these girls. I'm just going to go out there and be the best coach I can be with my own abilities that I have right now. So I promise you I'm going to do that. So welcome to Oscar <laughs> and King Soccer Podcast <laughs> Show! <laughs>
1: You know what's been on my mind lately? Why? What? Tell me. This past Tuesday when... Oh, man. You know, our game, our semifinal game, the Sons of Pitches League. Yes. Some game, wasn't it? Oof. Penalties. Penalties. 1-1 tie. It was an intense game. A good game, I think, but an intense game.
0: They scored pretty late in the game. Yeah, I know.
1: After, I mean, they played played pretty well, and they scored. They had some chances, but I think we had
0: so many good chances to score. Oh, my God. I had that big miss. It was like literally almost like open goal, right? I passed the keeper and then I, almost like the open goal and the play came and I somehow I missed the goal, man. Dude, I had like three or four shots oh. in that game that were... Because
1: as soon as they left my foot, yeah. it was one of those instances where as soon as it leaves my foot, I'm like, oh, that's a goal. But either, either one I want to hit the <laughs> crossbar or their keeper made like three great saves on me. I'm like,
0: dang. Oh, man. So frustrating, isn't it?
1: And then... At the end, it goes to penalties. How? Penalties. We, yeah, we, but we, score, we tied it, right? Right. Like the last minute, didn't like, Last minute, like. Actually, it's... you described it because I, I walked away to get the ball. <laughs> so I actually missed
0: it. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, I asked, I asked the ref how much time it was left. And he said there was one minute. And, um, uh, we started to attack a bit, almost the more, more players. And uh, there was a shot that came to the far post. You know, this this player on our team missed the target mm. and I just came up in there and just shot that goal in open goal. Oh, you scored it. I scored it. I didn't know. I that. didn't know. <laughs> I, did not, I missed that's, it. That's why I was happy. Like, okay, you know, I missed I missed the ah, chance, but ah, I actually saved the great. game in one way too. That's great. You know? Yeah. It was, so it was like literally like maybe 25, 30 seconds left when, when I actually scored that goal. So, you know, yeah, man, we had the chance now to. To go to penalty shootouts. Yeah, it's been a long time since uh, I've been in a penalty shootout.
1: I think uh, same with me, but I think in in the Sons of Pitchers League, yeah, I think maybe for Wednesday we uh, went to a penalty shootout. Okay, and uh, but not a, not a big one, not a big one with, like big goals.
0: This is this but, was definitely important for us too. you I know? know we have we have the ambition to not only reach the final but also win, maintain
1: our our, our championship. championship. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: So what was the, what was the, your observations of the penalty shootout? How did it go?
1: Well, so to those of you listening, and if it's not clear, it's a small-sided game, small-sided league, yes, so with small goals. So uh, the run-up, and I think your choices of the penalty, once you're going to take a penalty, is a little bit different. Yeah. Once once you have to consider the smaller goal, the you know the keeper. Maybe you can save it a bit easier or whatnot. Right. Uh the position of the ball and the distance from goal. It's a bit different from, from like a normal penalty shootout and normal size goals. But I'd say my observation were if I
0: were to say the you know, observe the whole shootout, a yeah. lot of people a lot of people missed. A lot of people missed. A lot of people missed. It was definitely uh, interesting to see how there were so many chances to win. Yeah. You know? Uh, they started off scoring. I think so, yeah. And we missed. Yeah, they missed the second penalty. Mm. We scored. Yeah, and they. Was that sc- you? Was that nah, not you? they scored the third one, and then it was my turn. Mm. And I came into a situation where you know, if I miss, then we're going to lose this. If I score, we go to the next round. That's a lot of pressure on a something. lot of you know. There is a normally a lot of pressure on me, and. Um, what I remember was that I was actually a bit nervous to be honest with you I was a bit nervous Mm. so I didn't really know what side to hit when I put the ball but as I backed up I decided to shoot it on the keeper's left side my right and as I started to run to the ball I could kind of see that the keeper was taking a more step to the opposite side so instead of like really placing it and doing it hard Mm. I kind of you know, hit it just to go to that side. And luckily enough, the keeper went to the other side. It wasn't a great penalty, hmm. but he went to the opposite side of the keeper. And that's obviously a goal, right? Yeah, yeah, And then we'll see. After that. After that. I think they missed. Yes. And I think we missed again. Oh, man. We had the chance to win there.
1: And I want to say it happened again. They missed and then we missed. Yeah. And then I think they finally scored. And then it was my turn, if I remember this right. I'm trying to remember how many penalties I think you. I did. think
0: you're right. I mean, it could have been also that we had three chances to actually win. You know, they missed three in a row and we could actually yeah, win this yeah. three times in a row, but we missed it too. Mm. And I mean, the, the penalties were not bad. That's not it. One player in the other team shot it, the entire stadium yeah. that you only see... In very rare occasions, yeah. right? Yeah. Where they kind of slip and shoot it mm. somewhere else. Right. Most, most
1: opponents were, were like on target or maybe just wide. Uh, like, not terrible
0: penalties. So, what did you think about when it was you, your turn? Because um, what happened was that they scored and it was your turn, right? Yeah, so I had to score you to keep
1: us in And I wasn't too nervous. Okay. Uh, I was a little nervous, but, uh, like my heart wasn't boom, 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 like really hard or anything (laughs) like that. I knew what I wanted to do at first. Okay. And like, even before it was my turn, if once I was anticipating it being my turn, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do, which was to, like you put it to my right, the keeper's left. Okay. Um, and I was going to try to sell it in a way that I was going to go left. Okay. Um, I placed the ball, backed up, waited for the whistle. Yeah. And right as he blew the whistle, I kind of changed my mind. And normally I don't think, I don't know if this is a good thing to change your mind like this. But it kind of worked out. And I still, I decided to go the other direction to my left. Yeah. And I still, I guess I could say I sold him. He, he went the other way. He went to the, his left, my right. And I went the other way. So I still kind of, you know, uh, sent him the wrong way. I I guess. True. But I pulled my shot just wide. I should have focused a bit more on placing it into that corner. Yeah. Or maybe even just not fully in the corner, but just towards that right, that side of the goal. But I pulled it, and it went just past the uh, post, you remember. Yeah. And uh, yes. that was it. I instantly, instantly yes. looked up. Yes. Uh, oh. knew it was over. Uh, we lost the semifinal.
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, but, you know, how do you... Handle something like this? Well, I definitely thought about it. I still think about it.
1: <laughs> this was a few days ago now, but I still think about it. To be honest, I think I handled. I'm. I've handled it well, though. Yeah. Because, uh, like we said earlier on, it was a lot of misses. There were a lot sure. of misses, and some people, like really good players, missed it. Yeah. Like if you were to see these players go up and take a penalty, you'd be like, oh, I. Bet their odds are they're going to score uh, just because they're that like, good with the ball, right? From both teams. I remember a couple guys on yeah, their team. Did, I'm like, they oh, too. they're really good players, yet they missed. So maybe because I knew I was in, like, I was in okay company. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, I'm the only person to miss. Did you
0: get remember mad? That? Did you get mad at Absolutely, yourself? Absolutely, yeah.
1: Especially, I, I, I hated the fact that I couldn't put it on target. Okay. So if anything, and at least can. put it on target, right? Okay, yeah. So I hated that. Uh, I was pretty upset with myself with that. But... Generally, just not scoring, I was certainly you know, not happy, but I could, get, I could deal with it because I haven't taken a lot of penalties on the small goals, but I've right. taken some,
0: and I've scored some. I think that was the first time I missed. Penalties is not easy, especially no. in the in the situation that we were in. It's not easy. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, this is from the summer of sixth grade to seventh grade, and we went to Denmark for a youth tournament with the team and uh, it was Donna cup which is one of the biggest youth tournaments in europe mm. okay you got go for a cup and maybe have that one. one yep right yeah and you maybe have someone else but this is in denmark mm-hmm. and uh, the summer is beautiful you know uh, you're there with your team and a lot of fun stuff is happening we were five guys in one room and you have sleeping bags you go to the you have lunch together, you have free time together, there is this to go to, there's international teams that yeah. comes and plays. Mm. And we were in the we were in the playoffs. I think we were in the playoffs in the B. You know, not in the first but in the second okay. playoffs. And he went to penalty shootouts. It went to penalty shootouts. And I remember DR my twin brother, (laughs) Uh, stepped up and shot a really good penalty. Like, really good high on the left side and the keeper didn't have any chance. And, you know, this is the times where you play a lot of FIFA, right? And you always put your own name last to be the one that scores the final goal. Right. You know? But I ended up in the same situation like on Tuesday. I did. It was that I had to score, so we at least go to the next round of the penalties. And I put the ball up, I backed up, and uh, I missed.
2: Mm.
0: I missed that penalty, and you could see how the entire team kind of bowed their head yeah. down on the grass. Th- that's know? what I say is probably the worst part. Yeah, is,
1: uh, going back, right? And knowing going back going to the team. Back. No, yeah, that you just like you just almost after all the work they put in, you, right. you almost let them down. Right? Especially
0: when they so high up on the pitch and you just have to make that well watch change somehow. Yeah. And that's the, probably what I thought
1: about the most. Right? On, after Tuesdays.
0: And uh I remember how, you know, the coaches were kinda not upset obviously, but uh, you know, we are out of the tournament, some some players were crying, I was very sad and uh to be, you know, that young that's a lot to handle to be honest with you it took me many years before i could dare to come up and take a penalty shootout and uh, just that feeling of like you kind of let down the team is very hurtful. so you know sometimes you 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 actually miss you know my dad said big big uh, soccer players even miss, you know. Yeah. And uh, one year later, I got understanding that yeah, actually, big superstars, soccer stars are actually missing. Uh, I think it was two thousand three. A game between Turkey and England actually played in Turkey, mm. important game, a, a qualification to go to the Euros mm. to two thousand four, and. Uh, Someone called David Beckham had recently signed for Real Madrid. So he yeah. had his, you know, blonde, long hair, two ponytails. <laughs> remember that time? Yeah, I thought he looked kind of weird like that. You know, he was like the, whatever. It's, yeah. his superstar... Like aura around him. Aura around there, right? him, yeah. you know. He, he David Beckham was almost the first big, big super soccer star that brought a lot of commercial and branding to soccer players at yeah. this time. And... He went up to take this penalty against Turkey and oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. It could be, you know, the worst penalty kind of ever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He came and he slipped and he put that ball so high up it missed it totally. Then he looked at the penalty spot, you know. My goodness. Oh man. You know, even if David Beckham can make it, then I guess. And
1: Beckham, I I didn't know about that one, but when I think of Beckham and penalties... I always think of in that that tournament, which I guess England still qualified for. Right. And I think the quarterfinals, they played Portugal, and they went to penalty shootouts. And uh, similar, Beckham, I don't remember if he slipped, but he absolutely sky... Like, it was nowhere near. It was probably, like, three, five yards or ten yards over the goal. But terrible. So Beckham, a massive superstar, like you said, missing two penalties. Two penalties. (laughs) Pretty similar, right? (laughs) Yeah. What
0: game was that? How important was that game?
1: Uh, that was quarterfinals of the Euros so of 2004. Oh man, so I wonder I think if, it we,
0: if we bring it back. I think we can. David Beckham missing the penalty against Portugal in yeah. 2004. So
2: David Beckham, England captain, steps up here. Over the bar, Beckham looks to the spot, but it's the first miss of this shootout. Costa's goal in extra time is part of the reason we're in this situation but not the same level of accuracy here he too looks at the spot in dismay Ashley Cole can he keep his call at a big moment he certainly can fine penalty from Cole Postiga to keep the hosts in the finals. Well, I don't think anyone was expecting that. Certainly not David James. And Deco cannot believe it. Ricardo has taken off his gloves for this penalty. And Duraz Fasel's denied. It's worked. What a save. Ricardo now. What a story this will be! The goalkeeper saved and scored and won the game! Portugal are into the semi finals!
0: After this penalty, mm-hmm. Beckham got a lot of criticism. Like, a lot of, like, how bad that penalty was, how, you know, worthless penalty to take in a big stage like this you know how could this happen sure. like he's blaming on the slip on the penalty uh, mm. spot you know a lot of media they kind of went on him went on him you know he wasn't really a much a bit target for media back then right
1: yeah absolutely even just in general even before the penalty miss yeah uh just with his situation of going to Real Madrid, instead of leaving United, and, you know, just his the nature of David Beckham, that superstar aura, he always gets this attention and criticism. That's true. So then, out this penalty miss,
0: and... Got even more. Yeah. I mean... Two penalty misses. He even uh, got that red card against Argentina. Yeah, in 98. In 98, and almost, you know, they demanded almost, like, his... Resignation yeah, of, of the national team. You right. know? This is a really, really young David Beckham yeah. we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. you know? And the entire nation was like, even burning his jerseys, all kinds of stuff. Uh,
1: all, all throughout that next season. Yeah. Pretty much. Every game he went to, I mean, maybe not at Old Trafford, but fans were booing him at, at, in the Premier League, every stadium he went to. Every time it's just the ball that blows right. throughout the stadium. That's so.
0: disgraceful in one way, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is actually. Especially if he's in your home country. League, yeah, country, yeah. Uh, a lot of hate that he he kind of was faced after this, you know. And uh, right on top of my mind when we did, when we went into this topic yeah. is a player that played for this club for so many years. He came from West Ham to this club at a young age and quite after his arrival he really started to become a good central defender present at this club okay like the years went on he became the captain and the years went on new players came better coaches came better players came and a small project that started off early 2000s Mm -hmm. mid 2000s the project that started off become a big team with big players to finally reach to the entire vision of the club which was to come to a Champions League final uh-huh. okay right. this is a Champions League final between Manchester United and Chelsea uh-huh. I think a lot of people remember this final as it comes down as one of the biggest final right mm-hmm. it, was, it was a great final and uh if you remember, Cristiano Ronaldo missed.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There was one big player. Who missed one big it. player, right? Yeah, he missed. Time the shoot out. Yeah. He missed. He actually went up to the spot, and he, as he was going to the ball, he kind of stopped, you know. But check, he didn't go to either side. Mm. So check stood on his spot, and Ronaldo had to pick like that what side to go on, and he picked left side, and check went and saved it. Mm. And so after that miss. It was John Terry's turn. So we're talking about a captain for this club that has been there for a long time. And even today, plays at this club and considered as one of the top legends yeah. coming from this club. Had the chance to go up and bring the cup to Chelsea, London, England. And this is what happened.
3: No, has to step up with 10 days Mr. Chelsea, who has felt the pain of the semi-final defeats in the Champions League for Chelsea. Has the chance to win the Champions League for Chelsea. Yeah! And there's a chance that has passed him by.
2: And the...
1: Bringing back that penalty miss, it reminds me that... Everyone felt sad for John Terry, or yeah. a lot of people felt sad for John Terry after that, right? You could see how distraught he was uh, after, like you said, captain, legend of the club, had the chance to bring the Champions League to Chelsea for the first time in their
0: history. He was the one that actually would bring that cup up in the air. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Um, But then a lot of people obviously, you know, were happy. Uh People, John Terry has a lot of... You know, haters. A lot of people dislike him. True, uh, he draws a lot of ire. But True. so you got that criticism from him, and that sort of sympathy from him. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, but yeah. So like you remember, after that, yeah. John Terry miss. Um, United scored, and then Chelsea went up again. Nicholas Anelka.
0: Oh, Anelka, Anelka.
1: <laughs> who probably took even worse penalty than John Terry's. One of the worst penalties you'll see. Lost it for Chelsea and United, you
0: know, ended up winning the Champions League. Uh, what a what a mix in emotions, you know. Like the Anelka penalty was, dude, what the heck was that, right? Um, just yeah. kind of like went up and just gave him the ball. It's incredible what kind of pressure there must be. This is a Champions League final we're talking about, you know. It can't be easy, especially if you almost won it right before Uh and then you know and then like John Terry missed and then you have to actually score to keep it alive
1: I was gonna say we've covered almost all levels of penalty misses right uh we've covered from our little seven on seven (laughs) (laughs) uh small-sided league to your youth tournament in in, Denmark Denmark and uh, Euros qualification and quarterfinals for the European Championships.
0: Which is the top top. Top top, right?
1: Top. Champions League finals. Right. Uh, but we haven't covered what I would say the biggest of the big, which is a World Cup final. Oh. Maybe really? even a World Cup game. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to bring it back. Okay. Bring it, dial in the years back slow. Okay. To 94, the World Cup hosted here in the US, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. Italy against Brazil in the final. And Italy had one player called Roberto Baggio, who I know you're aware of. Yes. Who was yes. a superstar for Italy at the time. And uh, Juventus star. Really tricky. Nice attacker, attacking player. Great at free kicks, penalties, all sorts of dead balls.
0: Baggio had these goal scoring skills. Yeah. He was really a good goal scorer. He kind of put in that... You know, s- players can be famous through being a goal scorer. Yeah. You know, this is like the, right before the Ronaldo's or the game. Yeah, kind of Chimchenko's. They were not really there at this point, no. right? And he was a real, like, he could be kind of flashy, superstar.
4: Yeah.
1: And true. Uh, true. He goes up to take this penalty, and he has Brazil scored theirs. He has to score to keep Italy in it. And this is the last kick, and he goes up, and again, similar to Beckham's, he just sort of skies it over. And this was Roberto Baggio, the superstar uh, of Italy, uh, completely ballooning his, his penalty over and giving Brazil a World Cup
0: title. That's like the ultimate miss. Yeah. You know, that's like the ultimate, ultimate miss that you can actually do. In your soccer life, you know? And one thing that misses in a youth tournament, you know? It feels like the world wants to go under. Mm. One thing when you grow up and missing penalties. But if it's like one time and one shot and one opportunity that you actually want to score, 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 <laughs> it's got to be in the World Cup,
1: you know? Uh, once you have a whole country watching and mm. willing you to score. Man, is a whole world watching. I know. And this is... This is- like, super serious stuff. I don't want to say life and death. I don't want to go that far to say life and death, but it's almost as big, I guess. I don't know. To some
0: people, it is. But it is a moment of make it or you will break it, you know? Yeah. And uh, for some Italians, mostly, this is a bad memory. Yeah. We don't want to bring it to you. But the truth is, this is the soccer life. You miss penalties. Big stars missing penalties. It happens to everyone at one point. And every, every time you have doing something for the first time, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of keep thinking about it. And there are a lot of players that missed and let their confidence go down because of the criticism. And Baggio, you can say that kind of happened, you know, but end of the day, it's a moment in the soccer world that will never be forgotten.
2: Yeah.
5: Brazilian simply has to score himself and Brazil win the World Cup. So the pendulum has swung wildly against Italy now. Roberto Baggio, the savior of Italy throughout this tournament.
2: Is to the
1: spot, has hardly moved. All right, Oz. Uh, let me take you on a quick Euro trip. How's that sound? Euro trip? Yeah, we can go around and uh, recap all the scores, latest scores, biggest scores of the
0: weekend. Yeah. Can Can I get the window seat in a train while we travel through Europe?
1: Nah, no, you're traveling like third class.
0: Third class? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be like in the. Bagger, ba- baggage, baggage for the stuff too much. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. As long
1: as we in Europe, right? <laughs> you'll get through you'll get to the places fast
0: enough. Alright, can we start in uh, Paris?
1: Yeah, that's a good place to start. Big game, probably the biggest game of the weekend. PSG and Monaco. Uh Monaco I'll tell you they tied one one in Paris. Monaco scoring right at both goals were late. PSG at uh, the Cavani penalty like 10 minutes ago and then in stoppage time Monaco uh equalized dude. Bernardo Silva wow what a Portuguese. game Portuguese yeah great game Monaco I just started real fast yeah uh I recently looked at the standings for league One, uh-huh and I hadn't realized I knew Monaco were doing really well and Nice are doing really well and PSG are like you know thereabouts um but I haven't realized that Monaco have scored so many goals. Do you know how many goals they've scored? No. I think they've scored, they've played like 21 games or 20 games or so in the league. Monaco have scored like 64 goals. Really? Already, which is like 20 goals more than whoever's second. It's almost like three goals per a game. game. They average more than three goals a game, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Which is ridiculous. That's a lot. Nice won this weekend, so they actually are still in first place. Kind of surprise story for France. Level with Monaco and PSG are just three points behind. See, moving away from France, how about we take it to Italy? Oh, where love Italy? I know, right? Who doesn't love Italy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Roma mm-hmm. lost this weekend uh, to Sampdoria away, three to two, and with Juventus's win, that you know, Juventus increased their gap. So I think, four or five points or so, I think, over Roma. Uh, so they got to, you know, keep it up to if they want to keep pace with Juventus. AC Milan, who we have been rooting to get back to their glory days. And I think they were doing a great job. They were. Of it. Yeah. Lost to Udinese, two to one. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm thinking it was just a blip. I think, even though I think the last couple of weeks
0: they've lost. I mean you cannot blame Neon. he's not at the club now. No, he's not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's on loan at West Ham, correct? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah.
1: Also speaking of France, back to that Dimitri Pai, you know, has gone mm-hmm. back to Marseille. So
0: Oh he has? Yeah. I didn't know that. So finally they came
1: up with a solution. I guess so. They said that they weren't gonna play him. They were gonna keep him but they just weren't gonna play him or something like that. I think that's what Stavon Village said. Yes yeah, until, yeah, that's until, what he, until said. he got his act like act
0: together or something. But so he's uh Marseille. Now. Marseille. Now, yeah. I heard something about that they're not gonna pay the entire sum now, but they're gonna give the money in you know, end of the season. Maybe if they sell a player or something. So maybe um, that maybe. was the solution then. Maybe. Uh,
1: Jump so to they, Germany, man. Jump. Germany, to Germany. That's
0: a good place to go.
1: Bayern Munich. One surprise, surprise. Ooh, what? Arie Bayern Robin Munich. One. I know. Isn't that hard <laughs> to believe?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Bayern. Uh, sorry, Aryan Robbins scored this nice goal like first time shot on the bounce and he hit that ball so hard and there's this one view where just seeing it uh, camera view uh uh-huh. where it's behind him so yeah. it's like oh that's good. it's a good shot that's and he's beautiful. seeing that ball whip like from the he kind of cur- curved it a bit but he just whipped to that near post it's actually pretty cool to see must um, be with his left foot believe it or not again <laughs> yeah <laughs> his left foot I think it was Ribéry with the cross. Two old guys there, right? Right. Ribéry with the cross and then Arjen Robin coming in for the right first time shot. Borussia Dortmund, uh, I believe they tied. They're like in sixth place. No, actually, they're in fourth place. Actually, they're in fourth place with the tie because of other results. How about, but they, how about, how
0: about Leipzig?
1: They won. They won? They won away to Hoffenheim. Good. So they are still only three points behind Munich trying to make a league of it. Okay. We'll see if they can do it. I'm I'm a lot of people in Germany don't like that sort of, you know, corporate business that likes true. to have true, that's the been the discussion right. lately. But seeing as they're still a small club, I'm rooting for them to to you know
0: go far in this league. Awesome man, awesome! Can you take me on a flight to Spain now? Spain, mm. arriving in mm. Seville,
1: oh. where Real Betis played Barcelona, and
0: you got me, You got there. You got me there. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I don't know. You thought I was going to talk about Sevilla. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mentioned that they lost, so which, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, they're in a great run of form, but. Raul Betis took the lead against Barcelona and uh, late on. Barcelona ended up tying it uh, 1-1. But the big controversy in this game was Barcelona, shortly, I think shortly before they tied it, if I remember yeah. correctly, uh, but late on they had a perfectly, perfectly good goal. Clearly good goal. All okay. the cameras could see. Yeah? Yeah. All it the was over the line. See. It was clearly over the line. Like a yard over the line. All the cameras could see it. All the Barcelona players knew it. Surely the Real Betis players knew it. Yeah, but there's no goal line technology in Spain. Whoa, really? In England, no. Why? So I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, he's been
0: working good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like now that we see how well it's been in England, I feel like pretty much every place should have it. But they don't have it in Spain for whatever reason. And Barcelona, a perfectly good winning goal taken back. So that yeah. was a big controversy. But who? Guess who doesn't care? Real Madrid doesn't <laughs> care They're because don't. they, they don't. with a lot of, of <clears throat> excuse me, dominated Real Sociedad and kind of, kind of comfortably won three zero at home. At home at the
0: Bernabéu. Interesting that you're saying that they won, you know, three zero relatively easy game mm. because I read an article that said that every time Benzema, Danilo, and Cristiano Ronaldo got the ball. Mm the crowd and fans booed.
1: Wow. They did, actually. Uh, they were not happy with... Real Madrid are still top of the league, and because of Sevilla's loss and with Barcelona's tie, they're now, like I think, four points ahead. Somewhat comfortable.
0: But they're in the first place. So, they are in the first so place, why? but they,
1: they they haven't been playing super well the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, they are just recently, they went 40 games unbeaten.
0: Exactly. So, I know. But that I was mean, a record, too.
1: Yeah, in Spain, yeah. And... You know, I guess that was before the New Year, I think.
0: But wait a minute, man. It feels so odd somehow <laughs> that all this contradiction of loving your team, but at the same time not being supported yeah. once the team is in the first place. You know, what kind of style is it to boo when Benzema has the ball? You know, like yeah. when he has the ball. Okay, if we had a bad performance and not really getting into or creating chances. Mm. But at one point in the game where Cristiano Ronaldo had a missed pass, the, the, the crowd booed. And he looked at the crowd, said something, and since that ha- happened, they just booed him every time he got the ball. I mean, that's a bit harsh.
1: Yeah, I agree. I always hear, and from the last few years from what I've watched of Real Madrid, it can be a tough crowd to please, the fans, the Real Madrid fans. They're booing. the team's doing great. But not good enough for something, even though they're first place. So they're still getting booed. And I know this isn't the first time Ronaldo's been booed Mm -mm. at the Bernabeu. I remember in the Champions League, I think last season or two seasons ago, against Schalke, Real Madrid lost at home. They still advanced. Yeah. Because of what they did in the first leg. But they lost at home. And the entire crowd booed. Sure, you can be upset at loss at home. But the entire crowd booed, I think throughout much of that match, and at the end, I remember Ronaldo just standing in the middle of the field, just looking around the stadium with this, Whoa. this like, unbel- I-, I can't believe this
0: Even look on his face. Even is surprised yeah. about that, huh? So. I can understand that type of, you know, that type of action and behaving from fans, you know? Stand behind your team, stand yeah. behind your players, give them the love, right?
1: Especially once they're doing poorly and they need it. Exactly. They need that support. But once they're doing well... yeah like they're in first place Real Madrid then that criticism is un- undeserved
0: I mean someone that actually got a lot of criticism or I am the first one to actually criticism this player because I feel like he has uh, not really he has not really performed what I expect from him you know Chamberlain mm. at Arsenal I feel like he's doing a lot of mispasses a lot of risk not really executing, yeah. but this weekend, he actually had a good game. He wasn't playing midfield. Yeah, center midfield. Yeah, yeah. And he has a lot of he had a lot of balls, a lot of passes, a lot of good starts in the offense. And uh, they say, you know, maybe this is actually his position to play more in the mid than try to play on the wing. I don't think so, personally. You don't? But, no,
1: but you're right. He did have a good game yeah. this weekend. And I think with someone like Chamberlain, he's still kind of young-ish. 24 or so, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, that's youngish.
0: is, Uh, it is. But but when you play for Arsenal, man, you got to have a standard, you know? True. Theo Walker, out for six weeks, coming in, coming back to Southampton where he started his career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had an injury, being out for a while, coming back, scoring three goals. Yeah. You know, I think Theo Walker finally has become a player that we can trust when it comes to goal scoring. Had a great start of the season. yeah. And, uh, you know, again, he was out for injury, unfortunately. But Mm. as soon as he's back, he delivers. Yeah, you can
1: rely on him. I think he's someone that, in the past, yeah, we've been criticizing. Like, he's been, exactly what you said about Chamberlain, misplaced passes, he's not consistent enough, he loses the ball too much. But, like you said, this year, so far he's become much more sure of himself and someone we can rely on definitely so hopefully Chamberlain can you know can reach that level yeah, too right Yeah. You know, reach that level uh, another player that came back yeah like Walcott uh, the past couple of weeks but this game really announced his return Danny Welbeck for Ooh, Arsenal that's huge that game two goals plus an assist yes one or two assists yes so I'm so happy for him
0: so big to have actually Welbeck coming back I yeah. mean He's been missing in one way, you know, uh,
1: nine months. Nine so, months, and then I think he, you and I watched the game at the brew house uh, where I think he came back. League FA Cup.
0: Oh yeah, remember? I yeah, came, just, I can't remember he came though, in but, in the last minute and yeah, he actually had a so, shot on target.
1: Yeah, uh, and now he's seems to be
0: training well. He's yeah. fit, and he was great this game. I mean, what a incredible situation for Arsenal to actually get. You know, two main strikers, gold scorers. Yeah, coming back at the same time when you have Giroud yeah. that is producing. You have Sanchez. Sanchez. That can all- I
1: was just thinking now Arsenal have that. It finally feels finally, like Arsenal yeah. has that situation where you, they have so many players, but they can't keep, they can't play them all at once. You have that, all these choices to pick from, these quality choices to pick from.
0: It's a definitely luxury problem to be in, right? Exactly, you know? and we hope that Wenger. Can make the right decisions and bring in the players at the right time based on their form and about the game, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know they 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 love this game so much. It's also their professional job. You know they've been spending the entire lifetime doing this. Yeah. And uh, being out of it because of injuries or other reasons. It's not easy because they read everything, not maybe everything, but, you know, they hear, maybe they see, they get comments from their families, friends, and uh, someone else that actually made such a comeback, maybe a bit surprising, but if you guys know Mourinho, he, he can always, you know, Give I Annie mean, the chance to players to come in and do really good. Mm. You know, he brought a CN to Real Madrid at once. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's right. Right? Yeah. So he kind of has that, that trait. One. 386 days, I believe it was, for Bastian Schweinsteiger ah, yes. to finally <laughs> a have, play. A yeah. play, have a start <laughs> at United.
1: Like he was. I think at the beginning of the season they said that he wasn't even gonna be training with the club or Nothing. something. Not he
0: wasn't even you know?
1: I, I was surprised there's talk of him coming to MLS or maybe going back to Germany or what or a different English club, but I had no idea what was gonna happen with him. I almost forgot about him. Yeah. But then to see him come on all of a sudden <laughs> in this <laughs> this weekend in the FA Cup. And he scored a nice goal too, didn't he? I think it was a back uh, bicycle kick sort of goal, nice
0: overhead goal. So I didn't know actually that <laughs> He's He's he scored
1: cool. a nice bicycle kick. Oh
0: yeah, Schweinsteiger. Yeah, that's a surprise because I was I saw the first half and uh, he had a big he had a cross, but this cross was a bit different because it was a height in it. He mm-hmm. came. It, it wasn't like straight cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a high cross, right. and that high cross Fellaini was definitely the strongest in the penalty box, mm-hmm. and he just went. And headed it, in,
3: yeah.
1: headed
0: in. So very clever to put in a high cross like that, you yeah. know? So,
1: but it's good for Feinsteiger, who has been, I don't know what sort of criticism or what his life has been like. Oh man, for this Can't season. Be easy, but yeah, come back and, and yeah, you know, say, Hey, I can still produce, right?
0: Right. And that's, that's definitely a player that United need and will use. All right. So
1: I'm going to wrap up this Euro trip and with a couple more places to bring you. So, you know, Arsenal 1-5-0. Uh, Manchester United one 4 Chelsea one 4 mm-hmm. That's two big games I want to touch on. Okay. Before we come back to Atlanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one, definitely the best game, Oz, was Tottenham hosting League 2 side. That is, 4th Division side, Wickham Wanderers. I bet most of you, maybe even you, Oz, haven't even heard of them. I don't know anything about them. But fourth tier slide, Wickham Wanders at White Hart Lane. The biggest thing about Wickham Wanders is yeah. that literally the biggest thing is so funny. You'll see. You'll you'll get the joke. It's <laughs> because uh, their striker Akinfewa is his, his last name. I can't pronounce his first name. I can't remember what it is. But he's this. I don't know how old he is. Thirties, I think. Big dude, like big dude, like he's bigger than a football, American football what? player. He's a big dude. He's their starting striker and he scores goals, uh, in, in League Two. But, uh, so he's probably the, he's like semi famous, I think. Wow, for his England. size? Yeah. And, and he, and he's, he's, he's kind of old. Like I said, he's, er, old in quotes. He's in his 30s. Yeah. And he still scores goals. Wow. Uh, so wow. that was Wickham Wanderers coming to, White Hart Lane, and that game ended up being the most exciting, unbelievable, unpredictable game of the round. Really? Yeah. When tell what you was the final the, score, yeah, what was the final score? Four to three to Tottenham, with Son, Korean, mean yeah. Son scoring in pretty much the last second of the really? game. Really? That happened, huh? Yeah. In
0: fact, Wickham went two zero up. Did Did Tottenham have like Harry Kane, Erickson? Did they have like reserve team or? Uh,
1: they had some of their youth in there, for sure. Kind of like how Arsenal had a couple of their youth players, uh, uh, like René Adelaide in there. Oh, yeah. but uh, Niles. Like, Niles, right. Um, but Son was playing, and Alderweireld
0: was playing. I think Ericsson played, I believe, if I remember right. Because that's the discussion category, right? Yeah. In the FA Cup, like, are you, should you put in the best team? Should you put in some reserves, team, players... Yeah. And there's always been kind of discussion lately. Like, should the teams go for it or should they not? If they right. lose, they get heavily criticized, you know? Yeah. Why, why did you lose against, like, you know, League 2 team or yeah. a championship team with the players? Why did you risk players when you had a chance to reach... You know, eventually to the final. Yeah, and uh, Liverpool has lost three home games in row,
1: dude. I know. Three home games in row. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the next stop and final stop of our Euro uh, trip. We go to Merseyside, huh? We go to Merseyside. We go to Anfield. We go to Liverpool versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think they're in the championship, so okay. second division. Uh, but still, a uh, team Liverpool should be blowing away and. They lost. They lost. I can't believe it. I, I, don't, I don't know where to began with this game, but 2-1 to one was the final score. And uh, uh, Liverpool, I think, what would you say? They lost three home games in a row or something? In a row, yeah. I think this whole month of January, they played eight or nine games, and they won one. And that was uh, the previous FA Cup round against Plymouth. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know much about them but they won 1-0 and i think they've lost their tied they
0: lost to the swansea
1: remember kind of dipping in uh, their form yeah it really is
0: i also saw that they have like what 15 games left of the season and they're not playing in champions league and yeah. League. so why really rest the players and Klopp went out in the club uh, went out in the interviews and totally took on the responsibility about this and he got questions about like players confidence or you know doubts in the team you know why this happened and Klopp man I gotta really tell you he, he's a really really great coach I really really like Klopp mm-hmm. you know he's a very personal with the players he's yeah. very close with the players yeah. right he's very encouraging and somehow he's Life philosophy, soccer philosophy is, you know, we we cannot think about what happened in the past, you know. They're talking about a dip in the confidence. The player's not, you know, trusting. But he's he's coming up with answers answer that is so rational, but also feels good mm. and not really putting too much, you know, Pressure or strains on the team, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, because he wants to to you know draw his criticism or any potential criticism away from his players so they perform well. That's something Jose Mourinho I think has done well in the past. And Klopp, I think players feel like they can come to him for things, right? Exactly. uh, Whether on the pitch or off the pitch, exactly, they can trust him. Exactly, they can trust him, right? Which is good because once players face pressure from media, yeah or pressure from fans or even fellow players or whoever mm-hmm. they i think uh, someone that they can turn to is surely needed for a player's mental psyche so that they don't you know like wallow in their own lack of confidence or or discomfort or anything so that sort of thing that Klopp does that sort of you know persona that Klopp has that yep. that Player that people can turn to him for things. I mean, it's he's essential.
0: I mean, isn't he almost like a, <laughs> isn't he almost like a a life coach in one way? I think that's a good way to put it. Extraordinary talented kids that is been <laughs> put in really tough, pressured environment. You think he'd be like a good psychologist? He's probably a psychologist yeah. and a mentor and try to guide the players on and off the field right yeah. you know they spend so much time off the field that he kind of needs to make sure that they don't go like you said getting you know a lack of confidence depressed right. or depressed or, anything depressed or, or, or something yeah. like that you yeah. know um Jurgen Klopp is definitely a coach to look up more and understand and if you like his style even try to implement in your coaching life too yeah,
1: you're a big fan of him, I am a
0: big fan. Yeah, you try to, a big to, fan. to
1: to model your coaching after him. Some points some, some points, some points. Yeah. yeah,
0: to some points, you know, to some points, for sure. This was a fast Euro trip. I'm glad that you guys joined us. I'm glad you guys joined us in today's episode, too. This is the third episode of the Ask Coaching King Soccer Podcast show. And if you like us, please go to... Our website, which is ozcoachandking.com and follow us on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you guys want to have a question or reach out to us, please send us an email King at gmail.com Thank you, guys. Thank you. Peace. How important, so
2: how difficult it is to you now as a manager to- try and build everybody's company or
4: something out and try and get the the thing back into it. <laughs> I don't know if it's that difficult. Of course it it depends obviously we, look if you spoke about confidence if I think a few months ago and I said it's a little flower or something if something up. Um um bounce on it or whatever, then it's it's a way. Obviously that happened kind of, but it's not that we play without confidence. You can you can see a lot of moments that we are really still believe in our in our skills and all that stuff. So it's we don't have to make it too big, but it's not that difficult. It's not that I say it's no chance until Tuesday to to, to make a real turn. If somebody asked me a second ago if this is the the, the lowest bottom of you know, lowest point of, of, of my Liverpool time until now, I don't know. But if it is, then it's a perfect point to turn. Um, because it's not possible to go lower, and um, that's that's all what we have to think about now. It's 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 not it's not that it's not that hard, but it feels in this moment. That's well, that's absolutely right. But it feels bad, and um, we have to use it. But um, in this moment, it, I think it's not the right time to 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 talk too much about being positive and being optimistic. No doubt, from tomorrow on, we will be. But uh, in this moment, we feel really bad.
1: So us. As- Dealing with others, especially as a soccer player, can be kind of difficult. Yeah. Uh, Dealing with players, coaches, you know, uh, parents. Have you been criticized at all during your
0: playing experience? Do you know? I mean, uh, did I tell you about my game this weekend? What happened? Um, I was actually playing left back. That's not my ordinary position. Right, yeah. And uh, we were up to 0 And a ball came, I misjudged the ball and bounced kind of past me. And one of their plays came and scored. Mm. And, uh, you know, you could immediately see the looks on you and everything, right? And the game went on and on. And they actually won 3-2. And uh, we missed a lot of chances. And after the game there was a big argument between the players like I'd never seen before. Like uh-huh. People were pointing out mistakes. You did that, you did that. And uh, the offense was blaming the de- defenders and the defense was pl- play- blaming on the offense. So we were kind of going back and forth. And quite frankly, man, I couldn't, you know, I came home, criticized myself a lot. So it's not actually just being affected from Outside factors, you know what I mean you you are pretty hard on yourself once mistakes like this happen, sure, yeah, but I remember something when I was in my early twenties and playing for the senior team, and we were playing against a team that were on the top of the league and we were on the bottom, right, and it was a very important game in general for both teams, almost like a final, mm-hmm. and I came off the bench and they had, uh, I remember they had a uh, corner kick and our keeper just saved it and throwed it out to me on the left side. I took the ball on my left first touch and passed the, passed the player. So I'm just running from the midfield on the left side and running and running. And then another player is trying to come with his speed and try to get to me. At that point, I kind of stopped some, the speed, mm. and he kind of stopped some too. And then I took one more touch, past him, and I'm coming on the left side of the penalty box as the keeper comes out with my left foot outside left foot I chip it and I can see how the ball curls in the air bounces and then hits the post and then goes in great goal one of my greatest you know soccer goals in an important game where I really felt like this is amazing you know I went to the fences behind it just jumped on it and uh, my teammates eventually came and And we all celebrated yeah so it was a great great circuit moment for me right so what happened afterwards (laughs) (laughs) afterwards my friend my teammates we kinda went out, okay? We kinda went out. So we celebrated the game obviously. And uh, where I live there's a bus stop and usually the next day's newspapers are there. Me and DR grab one and with you know such a big I guess happiness or enthusiasm I just ripped that magazine up. So right. Go to the sports page and look at what it said And I can and will never forget this, how the title was, you know? And it was a quote from our coach, like our coach. Mm -hmm. And the quote said, A ex-soccer player, an injured player, and a Turkish guy, 150 centimeters, scored the winning goals. Like... When I saw this title, it totally ripped. What does that What does that mean? Exactly. That means that you know the coach really never thought that we would win. He also said if we would have won the game beforehand, uh, I would I wouldn't believe it. And to like pinpoint out some features, like some one was ex-player that came back, one was injured and hasn't played, and then kind of address me. Address myself as being a Turk, and short.
2: Mm.
0: May you know the goal was hitting on a very sensitive nerve. You know it was really like, why would you even go out to the newspaper and and drop it like that? You See, know yeah. everybody read this. You know why couldn't you just said that it was three important goals? You know that we scored now we're on late now we got three points kind of be more encouraging in that way instead of like label me to being short and bring in my Turkish background into it Mm -hmm. you know so what happened was you know I was actually devastated I was like man there's no point in this you know why what why even play, you know? I uh, got discouraged to practice and even show my face there, you know? A lot of players had to call me and kind of convince me to come back, try to let it go. The coach eventually also called me up and apologized for it. But, you know, the damage is damage, right? Sure. The damage is damage, you know? We talked the fruit like like men, but the damage is damage. And that was definitely tough, you know? And... This is what we do too, though, right? We criticize. Yeah. You know, we criticize like Chamberlain sometimes or other players, you know. That's kind of the nature of the soccer business. You gotta be criticized.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of players have to deal with that criticism. Uh, have to deal with what people say about them, uh, going into their personal life once they don't necessarily know their personal life or, Going into their play once there could be something behind it that they don't that they aren't aware, right, so it is the nature of the business or of the sport
0: but it's very inconsiderate in one way, yeah, it's very inconsiderate yeah. in one way because we don't know what's going off the pitch, we don't know what they deal with, we don't know that reality that they actually live in just outside those ninety minutes, and we're judging their characters what they do you know by what when by kicking a ball by kicking a ball. Yeah, right. Yeah. There is you know, we're missing a big part of who they really are in that sense. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo for instance is getting a lot of criticism for being self centered and all that. But he does a lot of charity work too. There is a lot of pressure on him from himself too. You know? We we forget that. Mm.
1: He's a guy that's sticking with the Ronaldo example, that's very, you know Passionate about family and about health, uh, about physical well-being and you know, right. sort of mental well-being, but we do sort of paint this picture as of him as a—he's uh, like a villain in soccer right now, almost as being arrogant, uh, selfish, self-centered, like
0: you said. So. You think that? Do you think that is wrong? Like, do you think that is uh, not okay?
1: I think it's—it's it's a bit unfair, yeah, uh, especially if the player. Especially if the player doesn't want this sort of image of himself. Yeah. Then I think it's unfair for us to judge someone. Judge a book by its cover. That's the popular phrase. Mm. So... Mm. uh, Yeah, I think it's a bit unfair.
0: (laughs) Have you heard about this one time when Frank Lampard got really mad at a radio host? No. Dude. For real? No. Dude, this is (laughs) is insane. You know, Frank Lampard is with his sister, right? And... uh, he hears something on the radio and decides to call up this radio guy, the radio host, and really getting on him about something he said. So they, there is like this you can actually hear how mad and upset Frank Lampard is. And usually the players don't really have a voice to, to open up their opinions and how they feel, right? Yeah. So this is very unique spotlight for us to actually kind of dig into to behind the scenes where a player is like totally honest but upset over the situation.
1: That's fascinating. Right? Yeah.
0: So, you know, let, let's listen to, <laughs> let's listen to Frank R- Lampont's rant, okay? I, it. I, I think, <laughs> I think you would like it. I think you'll like it. It's very unique in its own way.
3: Okay. When she's drunk, yes, but I'm, what I'm telling you now is the problem is, you read, you read the papers. Now, unfortunately, if you're gonna be a man that reads the papers and takes everything as gospel truth and then on the radio starts calling people weak and scum, then that, you know, that's the sign of how you are. That isn't a sign of the reality. Luckily enough, the, like the last call I heard, there are
5: some actually genuine people out there that don't... Well, that paper. is, that is the nature of, of, of what I do for a living. Yeah, well, My phone lines are wide open and people can call me an idiot, people can call me whatever they want, and people yeah. like you can phone in and say why the newspapers have got it wrong. Yeah. But you'll accept that the 60 million people in this country don't have the privilege of phoning up Frank Lampard for his side of the story. They're going to read what they see in the papers <laughs> and, and draw <laughs> that, their own conclusions.
3: Yeah, that doesn't make it right that they can draw the conclusion that you're wrong, which is a completely negative one and You're calling
5: me weak and scum. I was asking questions to which you have now provided <laughs> some answers, and, and, well, and, well, and, well, and well, for I'm me, if, that, if you want to, if you want to get it down to brass tacks. For me, if you've got little girls, and this is going to sound awful, but if you, I have little girls um, of three and one, I can't conceive of any circumstances in which I wouldn't fight tooth and flipping nail to hold my family together. And, Excuse and me, to, what,
3: do you, what do you think I've been doing uh, for the last two years? Let me tell you something now, right? My mother died a year ago today, right? Which has been a huge impact on my life, on my family's life, on my sister's life. And unfortunately, that's had a huge big impact on my relationship at home. And there, there is nothing, I wish I could do a lot about that unfortunately, I can't do nothing about that. So I find it insulting that you're telling me you would fight two for now, insinuating that I wouldn't fight two for now. That's what I've spent time doing. You don't know anything about me, and you're insinuating that I'm weak and scum because I haven't fought two for now. The hardest part of this whole breakout for me is not waking up with my kids every day. So before you start insinuating and calling people weak and scum on a radio station, sitting on a high horse, which you are, because I hope one day, that your wife or your girlfriend doesn't come to you and say, I don't want to be with you anymore, and unfortunately that means you won't see the kids for a few days a week, that will hurt you as well. But you'll have to deal with it. It would it, would it
5: would, break my heart, Frank. Yeah, and, and it fucking my heart. Do you think I'm happy? Of course Do I, I don't I'm... think that you're happy, oh, and that's why I'm delighted okay. you've taken this opportunity well, should, to have exactly. your say. Well, then you should stop insinuating frank well, I'm not, not an insinuating anything, Frank. I'm merely describing a news story, my I friend, really and I appreciate that anyhow. you...
3: Listen, you're saying any man that lets his kids live in inferior circumstances to him is weak and scum. Yes, I, I am saying I'm that, and wrong. you're telling me you're not that man. So in I'm a way, you agree with I'm me. That, no, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but you was just about me. No, I was.
0: <laughs> what do you think about the the Frank Lampard? I mean, I I kind of got back into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God, man. That was that was actually a glimpse into how soccer wow. players can feel like.
1: Really? So rare you see a player almost fly off the handle like that. Get so passionate. He's just had enough, hadn't he? Right. He just yeah. had enough of it. And he let his feelings hurt. He let his voice hurt.
0: And you don't see that too often. No, no. I mean, it got, they are really, like, suppressed in what they can actually yeah tell publicly, you
1: know because yeah, sometimes once they go off like that then they're criticized even more like <laughs> it. so it's it's really is unfair uh but i I I kind of feel for him yeah I like what I like what he said uh also if I'm being perfectly honest I okay. mean the me the the radio host was correct that is just the nature of the business yeah that's the nature of what the media does they right. criticize they talk about players. Um, sometimes they they're able to go deep into a player's they're able to you know understand the player, uh, but sometimes they really are just ju- judging by what they see on the surface. True. So uh, that is just their job, even though it can be the media is often depicted as a villain too. But I like a lot of what Lampard said. Like it's very true. They don't know his personal life. They don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with him right now. Exactly. So to you know paint this picture of him once they don't really know
2: him
0: do you think then that this episode that kind of gives a more clarification mm. to the listeners about that this actually is happening on the side you know yeah it
1: really is i hope this was able to uh reveal you know open people's eyes exactly to, to how the players feel and how coaches feel, you know, once they're being scrutinized by the media like this.
0: I mean, we will never understand really exactly what it means to miss a penalty in the Champions League final. No. Or make a really bad penalty like David Beckham did.
1: Mm. Or,
0: you know, go even back to 94, like you said, Roberto Baggio, a star, missing, the you know, the final kick. So Brazil winning the final. We cannot really go back or we cannot really understand exactly... ...how hurtful these players are.
1: No. And uh, while we can't... We can't. We, or we haven't experienced that... Uh, we like to talk about it... ...but we have to be, you know... ...someone respectful with the players... ...and with how they feel about it. They're actually living it. So they know more than... ...they
0: really should know more... ...than uh, media, media people. So someone that has actually a huge role... ...when situations like this happens. Has to be the coaches.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the coaches, it's really their job at this point to guide the players through it, deal, show them how to deal with, uh, criticism, with scrutiny, uh, with, you know, all this pressure. Because a lot of players will handle it differently. Yeah. Uh, naturally, uh, they'll handle it differently. And whether they're coached or not, they'll, they,
0: they can handle it in completely different ways. I believe that the life coach, yeah, <laughs> Jürgen Klopp, right. could be the perfect man to actually have outside the pitch. I think so. His yeah. friendship with the players, his encouragement attitude, his belief in the team, mm. his belief in the club and the fans, his energy of like, we are a team, and we're working together. It's really, really impressive to watch.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you, I would have loved to have a coach like Klopp or a coach like what you are trying to be while I was growing up playing soccer. And I I too had some great coaches, but uh this sort of thing that, that Claw Patton does <laughs> is it's it's different. It's like a next level sort of thing. Maybe it's a new age in coaching.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think you're on to something, man. You know, I, w- I will keep doing my best for the U Ten girls, being positive, encouraging them, try to get them understanding of the ball movement and playing the game in a beautiful way. But, you know, there are players that lack confidence. Mm -hmm. There are people that lack confidence. There are people that are hurtful, there are people that are sad and have a hard time to actually pick themselves up, be positive to themselves, not criticize themselves, you know? And uh, you think... Some good words from Klopp maybe could help. Yeah, for sure.
1: Let them know that. In the end, it's just a game. Mm-hmm. It's it's always like to say it's more than a game, but it is a game. And I, you know, the next day, life goes on. Get back to the practice ground. Get back to
0: your home, your life. We want to tell you guys that we are your friends. If you feel a lack of self-esteem confidence in yourself we want you to know that me and Carrie, we will be here next week with you too we will have good conversations and talk about soccer and life we're gonna come back with new topics new interesting ways and try to also encourage your guys because just go out there my friend and put on your shorts put on your jersey go and play
1: right Go out and have fun. Fun. Go out and hang out with your friends. Enjoy yourself, and uh, don't let what what you know the outsiders say. Who cares about that? Right. How what it. What, what whatever. You.
0: Whatever. If a coach labels you in the article, you know, <laughs> just go out and score another goal and show him that you're better than that, right? And if you miss a penalty, yeah.
1: in the semi-final of a seven v seven league, right. <laughs> then the next game, go out and score a penalty or score another goal or, you know, work hard and challenge yourself
0: to make things right. right e- exactly, my friends. Exactly. So, we want to give you the life coach Jürgen Klopp's good and wise words and finish this podcast show. And we're so happy that you guys listened to our third episode. And, next time...
4: being Capital One Cup, right? So they had not a thing, they had not a percentage of a chance. So only it's not years ago. It's only a few weeks ago you saw them play yesterday um, and now all that stuff. So of course it's like having a flow and having not a flow, but it's not right to judge. Even in a very bad moment you judge people. So how I said my responsibility and, and faith is nothing you can today have faith and tomorrow you don't have and all that stuff. It's a, it's we, we spoke about a year and we said about the transfer win, and probably that's the next Question: It's not about not wanting; it's about um, not getting the right players. So, and then we cannot only take a player that we have one. That makes no sense. And for this, we have to go through situations like this. And even in the history of Liverpool, probably um, better sides lost against worse sides. That's football. I don't like it to, to say like this, but it's an, it's, it's it's true. And um, it's true. Eh? And um, so that's not. We don't. I don't start doubting. Um, decisions are because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's, um, we know what we have to change. Only we have to show it. So we are we are uh, on it, and we, we know about it, and we will we will work on it. But it's not. I cannot explain every single thing of today. Of course not. And I don't look for excuses. And whatever you write is absolutely okay. Whatever you say is absolutely okay. Only I cannot change after a word a worse or a better performance and say now he's world-class and now we cannot use him. It's my responsibility to pick them in the right moment as often as I can. Sometimes I have the free choice, sometimes I have to, but still my responsibility.